Lucas Media, this is Driving Discussions, a podcast series focusing on the forces that affect road fuels globally. Greetings and salutations once again. I'm Jason Metko, spot ticker reporter here at Argus. And on this episode, we're talking with senior U.S. West Coast market reporter Craig Ross as we discuss California's unique market structure within the road fuels arena. Craig, great to have you on the presentation. Let's first talk about the boutique gasoline and diesel that's unique to the Golden State and how and why it's only used in California. Let's start with the why. Um, you know, everyone knows California is at the forefront of, uh, of environmental um, emission reductions through carbon reductions. And as a result of that, the in-state road fuels for gasoline and diesel that are used in the state are mandated by the California Air Resources Board otherwise known as CARB. Uh, For gasoline, the most obvious spec change that we see in the state um, is the reed vapor pressure, the RVP, uh, which for California, summer grade regular gasoline needs to be below six pounds. Uh, So they typically trade at 5.99 during the summer grade months. Uh, For comparison, most other states in the nation, as well as most of our export partners, will have a nine-pound RVP for that summer grade of gasoline. And what that means is that if you're, you know, if you take on a position for Carbob, you lose the optionality of being able to export that barrel if you don't see the immediate demand in the California market, because there's no other states or countries that are going to use that same RVP grade of gasoline. And in terms of diesel, it's it's similar parameters, but even a bit more restricted. Uh, The in-state diesel grade is known as carb diesel, um, and that one needs to meet two of the main specs. One is a standalone aromatics requirement, and the other being a minimum cetane index for lower sulfur. Now, the export grade of diesel is known as EPA, ultra-low sulfur diesel. They only have to meet one of those specs, either the minimum cetane index or the standalone aromatics blend. And once a refiner has designated that diesel barrel, either EPA diesel or carb diesel, uh, they can't recertify it as anything else. They can't label it by one and then pump it as another. So they really have to have a good idea of what they're going to be doing with this barrel prior to it leaving the refinery. And they need to make sure that they, they, they're, as, they're, they're as correct in their assumption as to where this barrel is going to end up as. So, Craig, we always have infrastructure hiccups. It's part of the ebbs and flows. How do these fuels amplify responses in the market when we have these hiccups? So, again, California, something that they're known for, unfortunately, is, you know, seasonal wildflower wildfires and the occasional earthquake. And so, you know, either planned or unplanned refinery or infrastructural setbacks mean that in the existence, for the example of a refiner, they're traditionally net sellers in the market. They're the ones that are, you know, cracking the crude and they're coming up with these products. So they're generally sellers in the prompt spot markets. Um, and when you have these setbacks, that means that these refiners not only have to now come into the market and buy for their own immediate demand, but they also have to make up the barrels that they're no longer going to be able to sell to the agreed parties on any kind of long-term, uh, long-term deals. And when these refiners now enter the marketplace, they're, they're, they're the 800-pound gorilla in the market. And these smaller end users and truck stops are now competing against international global refiners for a, a shrinking market supply. And that typically means that we see 
much stronger swings in the differential market in California than, than any of the other markets uh, in the US. Uh, additionally, there's very few refineries outside the state of California that are able to produce carbob gasoline. Um, the one example I can off the top of my head, we've got BP's Cherry Point refinery in the Pacific Northwest. But the other refineries are, you know, Valero's Pembroke refinery is, is in the United Kingdom. And that means at best, it is a two and a half to three week voyage. And, uh, you know, that's just going to amplify those the, the demand in the spot market while they see how long these cargoes are going to take in order to meet the, the, the shortened supply as a result of these infrastructural setbacks. He is senior U.S. West Coast market reporter Craig Ross. This is Driving Discussions. Craig, the pandemic has obviously affected supply chains greatly. Can you talk a little bit about how that's affecting things in your market like trades? Absolutely. So, you know, California, in a sense, is its own island. And just, you know, as we mentioned, because of the unique boutique blends of, of road fuels that are being used there, um, and that means that oftentimes traders are very reluctant to increase their exposure to certain market conditions. The majority of trades that we've seen in recent years since the COVID pandemic have been very much focused on immediate spot markets. The traders might look to take on a position for a dead prompt barrel. And based on the final tenders for the pipeline allocation, if traders don't see the kind of demand that they were anticipating, then they might just look to roll their position forward by one cycle or at most forward by a one, one month period. Um, for traders to take on a forward position a few months out or even you know, a quarter or two going forward, it leaves them in a real bind if they can't find a suitable counterparty and if they need to trade their way out of a position, you just uh, it, it's, it's very difficult, especially if you're not having someone that's you know, on the opposite end of, of, of if you're long or short. And, um, you know, since the expansion of the Panama Canal, we've seen a lot of the large refi uh, the large financial institutions um, have actually consolidated their books and they've moved their operations from the West Coast to the Gulf Coast because there's just far more optionality there. Uh, they can export barrels if they have length and they don't see the demand in the spot markets. They can export those barrels to the East Coast of Mexico or the East Coast of Latin America. But since the expansion of the Panama Canal, we see about 80% of gasoline and diesel exports originating from the Gulf to the west coast of Mexico and the west coast of Latin America. A couple more minutes here with our guest, senior U.S. West Coast market reporter Craig Ross on driving discussions. Craig, we've seen a dip of retail fuel prices recently, but as we all know, there's a lot of demand how are refiners in California trying to thread the needle? Because you've got these boutique blends, but you've also got to provide out-of-state fuels for your next-door neighbors like Arizona, Nevada. Can you enlighten us on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, again, California is the largest populous state in the nation. And while they are, like we discussed, on the forefront of EV and sustainable fuels technology, the infrastructure in California serves neighboring states, like you mentioned, Nevada and Arizona. Um, and in addition to that, as we also talked about, 10 to 20 percent of the exports going to the west coast of Mexico and west coast of Latin America 
while it's a smaller number compared to the Gulf, it's still a, a fair amount of volume that should incentivize refiners to make both in-state as well as export greater fuels. We've seen refining margins shrink over the past few months as gasoline and crude futures have cooled off. Um, although crack spreads during the first 18 days of, of August of this year are some of the highest that we've seen over a period of the last 10 years. And with the exception of last year, um, in some cases, these refining margins are more than double where they were in, say, 2019 or 2018. So there's still a lot of financial incentives for these refineries to produce both the in-state grades as well as the export grades. He's a wealth of information on what he calls the best coast, senior U.S. West Coast market reporter Craig Ross. Craig, appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, great to have you on here for the first time. We need to do this more often, so please come back, okay? Oh, thanks for having me, buddy. I look forward to it. Great many thanks to Craig for joining us today and a friendly reminder to check out the previous episodes in our series. And for more information on Argus's global refined products coverage, visit argusmedia.com forward slash oil dash products. 